So, okay. Right. Now, where were you going with that? No, okay. So, because uh, we're starting to go. Um, my friend Zach used to have a, uh, like a, a vintage clothing store, like a vintage kind of awesome um, antique slash trinket slash um, thrift store thing or whatever. That's now closed, unfortunately, okay. because of the pandemic. But All right. the Golden Jackal across the street from the Wild Orchid and in, uh, yeah, like three blocks, two blocks from me whatever okay in midtown and wow so he had um inside he had like shy clown shirts sundowner t-shirts uh, oh man he had the loot all of the old throwback stuff he which even, he even kept the uh or he was able to get the 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 u the horseshoe neon light from the horseshoe casino horseshoe club casino all right yeah <laughs> which there's a whole bunch of because remember there are horseshoes inside of the u and it sprinkled down and then came back up. I was not aware. Yeah, so there's lots of horseshoes. All right, that brings us to our topic. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome to another edition of the Newman and Payne podcast. This week, if you haven't figured it out already, we're going OG Reno style with uh, some old Reno thoughts. Yeah, old Reno thoughts, old Northern Nevada, old Sparks, uh, maybe Carson City, because someone had, um, like, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about food. Uh, remind me to, to we'll come we'll circle back to pizza because someone referenced uh, a pizza place that okay. you and I are very familiar with from Carson City. Oh, sure. Which made me think of another one. So okay, so all right. we'll, uh, we'll. So this do all could that. scatter all over the place. We're still going to try and keep it to a time, but but you're from you're originally born and bred Northern Nevada. Born in St. Mary's, the first house I lived in was on the edge of the city, at the time what is now across the street from uh, Michael Cycles. <laughs> wow, not too far from here, yeah. right? Yeah, Okay. but at the time that was the end of the city. Yeah. And my dad always talks about when he drove in, he'd, he drove a little red Mercedes to the radio station from down on South Virginia Street before there was 395, right? Yeah. And he worked on Sutro. Yeah. Okay, so he had to drive right through the town, but he'd stop at the post office downtown. Okay. Another good old Reno moment. Absolutely. And go to his mailbox, 1928, and then head up to uh, K1 and KOZZ Radio. Now, to be and clear real quick, um, the year isn't 1928. No, no, no. That no. was his post office box. Right. It was 1928. <laughs> but if someone's going to hear it, they're going to think, like, maybe, you know, yeah. someone might go, wow, 1928. Uh, no, no, no. So okay. this is this is late 70s, early 80s. Yes. He made this drive in this little red Mercedes. Yes. And regularly, as he drove in up South Virginia Street, he would drive in with another guy driving a small red sports car. It happened to be a Ferrari, and it was Bill Hara on his way to Harris. Outstanding. So that's my connection. That's how ingrained I am in this town. Wow. And I went on to, in college, to deal cards at Harris. Now, an OG moment because Harris is gone. There's no Harris. Yeah. And, you Which know, freaks me out, quite honestly. It's weird. It's like, how can you have Reno without Harris? Right. Because it opened in 38 and it was there that entire time. It closed three times in its existence before the pandemic. I didn't know that. Um, Once was with the flood, right? Once was at the flood. I was working there at the time. Okay. Uh, 96. Yeah. Uh, when the water came up from the truck, he passed First Street, and mm -hmm. they just, they're like, oh, no, oh, no. And they, they cut it down, and it got into the basement, but never actually on the casino floor. Right. But going back, it also closed for the filming of The Misfits with Mar uh, Marilyn Monroe. No kidding. Yeah. And one moment in between that I never understood why. Huh. 
three times in its history it closed. Wow. Christmas, and I worked Christmases, I worked New Year's, I worked Easter's, all that sort of stuff when I was in college, dealing cards. Wow. That's the, that was something that I didn't know. I knew the, the flood and that all happened because in December of 96, we received a ton of snow, especially up in the mountains. And then someone uh, somewhere decided, hey, let's turn up the thermostat 20 degrees. Right. And so melted the snow. Exactly. And what was really crazy about that winter was it was so bad, it washed out Highway 50, mm -hmm. which what at the time was, still is, the the road from Sacramento or the Bay Area to South Shore. Yeah. All of those people could not uh, go to South Shore. They came to Reno, paid my bills. Oh man. That crazy weather paid my bills because normally in the winter, I was what was called a dual rate. I worked very little. I'd work maybe one or two days a week and have to make that last. That's a few hundred dollars a month on that. It was rough. Well, that winter, they needed me like four or five days a week, which was amazing. Absolutely. And it never, ever worked that way or in the previous couple of winters before that. And then I was gone winters after that. But yeah, that was a, a weird thing. Having been friends with you for now 30 years, a little over 30 years, right? Um, it, a lot of people who may not, um, it, who may not have had the, the good fortune of either seeing you deal cards or been around you when you deal cards, you have a finesse about uh, you when you deal cards. I, I tried because I always felt like any, especially at Harris. Harris, for the most part, was a tourist destination, right? So yes. it's kind of a show to them. Now, if you're, going to the, if you're going to the Neva, you're going to some of these other places, you're down and dirty, you're like, I wanna, I'm, I'm here to make some money, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> but when you're at Harris and you're dealing at the, the uh, um, here we go, another moment, the uh, Hollywood Casino Pit outside of Sammy Showroom? Uh, no, outside of the uh, Planet Hollywood restaurant. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. It was low limit tables. It was generally lighter atmosphere. We'd have showgirls in there. So I kind of have some fun with it. So I would fling cards much higher than they probably security should have been. Right. Or I'd step back a few feet, you know, from a few thousand dollars worth of chips at my table to see if I could get them to land where, because we were dealing either basically double deck out of your hand as right. opposed to a shoe that's all put down. So yeah, there's a little, there was a little show to it because I thought people coming in from out of town, that was all part of it. They wanted a little bit of show and I could move quick enough to where they didn't get mad at me. And it's funny at the end, then they would get mad at you. And it, that was the end of that. It was uh, as if, if I can uh, use the parallel for this word, it was um, as if like you, you had the Tom Cruise cocktail flair. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And that, that was absolutely a thought in my head. And that included like flicking them in a certain angle so that instead of coming in from left to right as I'm dealing them to you because you move from left to right as you deal. Right. And then when you get the money back, you move from right to left, right? So I would actually go the other way and have them fling back to you from right back in working against the grain and they would they would kind of float. It was pretty fun for a while there. And man, when I get done, my hands would be in pain. Ouch. And I can't imagine doing it 30 years or 20 years later. Sure. Because yeah, just holding a deck of cards for two decks of cards, even if you get breaks in the middle and, and dealing cards, and that could be a whole other thing. We When we do a jobs uh, show, we'll talk about the craziest jobs you ever had. Dealing cards was the craziest job I ever had. And that included the fact that I've filmed shows all over the world, but dealing cards, 
the mindsets of people are just crazy when they roll in and they got hundreds of dollars of bills to throw it and you can look at them you're like man maybe you need to go buy a new pair of pants right instead of putting a few hundred dollars on the tip but that's their thing so, yeah and yeah. i just i mean because it's it's a skill it's not just oh, something yeah. that you that you can do i mean this this takes well, practice and it was funny because you'd watch people who never really got it uh, and they would time you too. I mean, they'd, I'd be told, okay, you better do 400 plus hands an hour, otherwise you need to speed up. Wow. And that and shuffling and hunting. We didn't have shuffle machines back then. You're just yep. making those things put together and then you do weird stuff at the end of the night. And that was the end thing was I worked shifts that had no relief, which meant that when I was done, then they would put me on another table until they closed enough to where the next shift could handle a smaller casino that was working. Okay. Because we would say have 70 dealers on and the overnight shift or the graveyard shift may only have like 40 on. That meant we had to shut down 30 tables before I was allowed to go home. And for those who, you know, again, weren't able to see gambling in that capacity, and they only know gambling now or in the last, even the last 10 or 15 years. I mean, that's, that is paramount to the number of, of, uh, of dealers and all that that's now, much like any corporation, radio, uh, oh, any yeah. TV station. Because, uh, for instance, 15 years ago, when the company who bought out the cluster of radio stations where I worked at the time, there was a, a meeting with everyone in the entire building. It was mandatory. We couldn't miss it. I did a head count while we were all in the one area. There were 67 of us. And, and not a thing anymore. No. And by <laughs> the time that I was, I was out of there seven years later, uh, that we were whittled down to, to 12. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing thought. Okay. So thinking of that, yeah, putting jobs with things that are gone, think about all of, not just the businesses, but straight up the buildings that you used to work in that are gone. For instance, you oh, like a Dairy Queen. I did. Oh man, I did work at Dairy Queen. Right. That's right. At, Which uh, is gone. Yeah, Fifth and Virginia. Right. Gone, flattened. Okay. Another one. You talk about Houston Shoes and Park Lane Mall. Park Lane Mall, gone. Gone. Wow. Okay. Yeah, How we about... are doing all the, all this old Reno stuff. Awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim Boy's Tacos. I worked there, but uh, the, uh, in I Sparks. The, is that gone? Um, I think it's something else because next door to Jim. No, Boy's... I mean the building is straight up. Oh gone. no. Because um, there's a lot of things like you and I work at the radio. Station. That building is still there. It just happens to now be a hair school. Oh yeah, yeah. Milan, Milan, uh, Milan. Behind the bank at Kitsky and Peckham. Yeah, the U.S. Bank there. Yes. Right. Four hundred one two Kitsky. Okay. But, uh, yeah, now it's, but the building is still there. Yes. I'm saying buildings you actually worked in that are mm -hmm. erased. Lotus. Wow. The radio station, That's the, the right. one we just referred, uh, mm -hmm. referred to, uh, Sutro McCarran. Yep. Wow. Yeah, now I'm at break. Um, yeah. See, that's, that's talking about, oh man, going back and thinking about all the places that you literally can't even walk into the building anymore. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Even the KRZQ building upstairs at, at 300 East 2nd Street, uh, because I mean, the first one that I was at was, uh, was on uh, Kitsky behind the Olive Garden. Right. And then that, uh, they sold it off. They moved the stations over to 255 West Moana into the Atrium building. Right. And then they moved from there up to uh, Northeast Reno, which was Tampa, Tampa Way off of oh, uh, right. Sutro. That building's gone. Okay. Yeah, had that was with K-Winds in that there. That had bulletproof time. glass. Really? Yes. Okay, 
Fun wow. fact. Now, okay, so just step right next to it, and you can shoot a bullet through wood, but the glass will stop things. It was a co like a concrete building or whatever. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and I here's why: that. because okay. Wild Bill Shakespeare, God rest his soul, Wild Bill Shakespeare was so irreverent. Wait a and, second, Wild Bill Cody. Well, Bill Cody, excuse me. Yes, sorry, Shakespeare. Bill, yeah. Shakespeare's He's still, still around. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. If you happen to listen, he's yeah. Like, okay. yeah, he's probably listening, like, and he and his wife might be like, uh, hey, I'm, I'm still here. Um, yeah. No, it was Wild Bill Cody. Yeah, he was irreverent. He was like out of his mind and right. would say things to get under some people's skin. Well, apparently there were potential or oh, alleged yeah. death threats or whatever. So oh. management of the building at the time had bulletproof glass installed in that building. Huh. And that was after they moved out of the house. The Frankovich house. Frankovich house. That's right. That was over on like West Street or something? Washington. Oh, Washington okay. between uh, 10th and 5th. See, now here's another behind the curtain moment. Back in the day then, the only time I was ever in those buildings was when you had to pick up a dub. Mm -hmm. And a dub is? It was always basically a reel-to-reel -reel that was uh, on a tape that was, uh, I would say, about five inches in diameter. Mm -hmm. And that was a commercial. And you would get the commercial that was produced generally in that house yep. and they would make a stack of them for all the other radio stations that need them you know before there was an internet to where you could easily email these things you had to go around and you picked up the dubs from the other houses yep. and that was and sometimes they'd come to your station but we never had very nice production studios <laughs> so that wasn't a thing very often but it was a thing at k-wins when they had really nice things a really nice production facility yes you go over to k-wins when the uh, and it was a lot of the times it was when the ad agencies would have them done at those places. Correct. You go pick up the dub at, and that was as far as I got into the Frankovich house or up on Tampa street or stuff like that. If, if we Sutro can, Sutro was a little different cause I grew up there, but still. If we can do an, uh, an old, uh, if while we're doing old Reno references, media's yeah. Pat Thomas worked uh, at, uh, the Frankovich house when absolutely. he was on Kaywinds. And I imagine Pat was responsible for doing some of these dubs. Oh, many of them. Jesus. Pat, you still hear his voice all over the place. Absolutely. Actually, when he left, he left Colo was his last Reno radio or Reno media job, and now he's out of the market. Two years ago. Yeah. So, but we still hear his voice on mm -hmm. things, which is interesting. Not okay. new spots though. So um, back to downtown real quick. Okay. And you reference Harris. Um, there was because uh, downtown was the mecca for the longest time. I mean, when when we moved here um, in '74. You know, you had the Horseshoe Club, you had the Prima Donna. I mean, there was Harris, obviously. You know, you have the Calneva down there. You have a number of casinos. Sure. Um, Eddie's Fabulous 50s. Eddie's Fabulous 50s, you know, uh, 10 years later or so. Which was the Prima Donna building after the fact. Yes. Yeah. Um, so my mom, it, and now fast forward a little bit into the early 90s, my mother was at a show at the time, the Reno Hilton. Okay. They had the outdoor amphitheater, correct? Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which I remember seeing Steve Miller and Seal and Motley Crue. What else would we see there? Oh, man. Where do you uh, want to begin? Judas yeah. Priest, Poison. Uh, uh, there was an infamous Poison moment, um, and, and without giving too much information on it, because it's kind of uh, it's, it's a detailed thing. Um, our man, Brian Clary, who uh, was working, t it was 20 right. years ago, he was Ed working Moore. for uh, Maury Distributing at the time, and he was, he was top of the rock. He's now back with Maury. Oh. 
Good so yeah, we're okay. circling around with all this old okay. Reno stuff. And you know, people who are listening who aren't from around here, are like I don't know these people. But if you did, you would know right. and you'd love Brian the way we do. The uh, the Reno Amphitheater. It was actually kind of pretty because they set it up in such a way that it had, and the Reno Hilton, what is now the Grand Sierra, has this strange, and do you know why that uh, moat or uh, water is there? Let's circle back. Do you know why it's there? I do. I was told that it was to deflect the noise of the flight path. Yes. Now, there were some rumors that that was the original build site for the tower, and it was too close to the flight path, so they had to move it, and they just never filled in the pit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So. Because when we moved here again, that was the MGM. That was going right. up as MGM. Correct. So you had the MGM Lion. You had the bowling alley. You had Highly. Highly was fantastic. Oh I man. Did. I actually I went to Ma, uh, to Miami just a couple of years ago, just so I could watch Highly again. So <laughs> if you, if you want to, uh, uh, we could break it down, but there's two. We don't have enough time. Um, <laughs> If you want to uh, look, Google Highlight, it's J A I and then space A L A I. Good for you. I could not tell you that. Thank you. All I know is it's a Basque sport. Yes. Um, and you play with this thing that comes off. It looks like it's attached to your hand. It's a massive and, basket. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's a pelota or a pelo or some, the word Basque word for ball. Mm -hmm. And it's basically you're slinging this ball on a wall and there's another wall to the side. Yes. And then there's a net so that nobody gets killed that's watching this thing. <laughs> yeah. And guys are wearing just helmets and they're slinging this ball over yeah. 100 and something miles an hour. And Absolutely. this thing is a rock, yeah. literally. And somehow it bounces and it's a rock. Yep. It's it's amazing thing to watch. Now, in case you're wondering if you're local and you're like, where the hell did they play highlight? When you go bowling at the Grand Sierra, to the left is now a venue. Yes. That was the highlight room. Absolutely. And it, for a long time, it stayed like that. And they actually put uh, venue events in there. Yeah. And I you saw, could like hang out on the highlight floor. I saw wrestling in there. Wrestling? Yes. On the highlight floor. Uh, it was it was 85. Okay. Um, <laughs> Randy Macho Man Savage was the, was <laughs> the headliner on the main card. Here's, the, here's how awesome it was. Macho Man Savage is walking through the with the crowd, with all of us. I turn to my, like, <gasps> I'd look at my left real quick, and Macho Man is right next to me. I was like, get him tonight, Macho Man. He's like, yeah, you got it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I just talked to Macho Man. I was so pumped. Okay, now, you actually, you had uh, one of my most jealous moments of you ever in media is when you got to go in the ring for probably the largest wrestle WWE moment in Reno because you and Katie Fox got to introduce oh the Undertaker the Undertaker and Hulk Hogan was there yeah. and the Ultimate Warrior Ultimate Warrior showed up at Lawler and you got to be the MC for the opening of that and you're in tuxes you and Katie Fox were just amazing looking up in the ring at Lawler for that. And uh, Kamala was there. Um, oh, it was as big as, oh, I mean, man. it was straight up WrestleMania short. You're totally as... reminding me of all this now. This yeah. is great. <laughs> no, I, I had I forgot about that. Thank you for that. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior. I remember his, it, like his, his entrance was unlike, oh. unparalleled. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, wow. short of floating them in on helium, it was it was pretty involved. But oh man, all of those things. It's funny how all of this stuff kind of gets connected. And yeah, that's what happens when you live here? All right, because this whole conversation is kind of like a pinball machine. I mean, oh, yeah. we're encased in one area, but we're bouncing off the walls, trying to stay as in tune and giving you different you know nuggets and memories and everything. But back real quick, yes. back to downtown. And all right. sorry, my, yes. no, it's all good because um, my mother was watching the show at the Hilton Outdoor Amphitheater. Okay. She was seeing Sting. Cool. <laughs> Excuse me. And so when she was seeing Sting, um, in the midst of the show, okay, it was early 90s. Yeah. Bear in mind. And um, and and so she was seeing the show. And she, she played here in 87 for Nothing Like the Sun. So this was the follow-up to that. It may have been the, the record that had Fields of Gold. Yeah. Does that sound right? That's the Fields of Gold album. Isn't uh, it? Is that isn't what it's called? Name? Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, self-titled. Um, okay. So th okay. so now, um, I'm, as I'm bringing out my phone to go to IMDb, because I want to cross-reference the, uh, the, the year on this, um, she was watching the show, and Sting had said, hey, um, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I do want to introduce a couple of friends of mine who happen to be in the show. Oh, it was late 90s. Sorry, late 90s. Okay. Uh, because uh, according to the year of the movie, it was 1997 when the movie came out. So 96, 97 is when she saw the show. He said, I would like to introduce to you Billy Crystal and Robin Williams. They're sitting right over here. Oh. And they happen to be sitting in the row, catty-cornered, like the seats catty-cornered over my mother's left shoulder. And she turned around, and there was Billy Crystal and Robin Williams. And she said it was the highlight of her life. Oh, yeah. She called me the next day, and she said, you know, I, I now have a better appreciation and understanding for your love of Robin Williams. Because I'd been a fan of Robin Williams for almost 20 years at that point. And they were in town filming uh, my dad's or dad's or father's day that's father's right. day yes i was in that movie yeah you were one of the dealers right no i was just an extra as they filmed up and down virginia street okay at four in the morning i was off from work hmm we're just walking and we're just people walking we're so un there's no way to know that it is me i'm just one of the people walking okay and but we watched them set it and then you hear reset and they all the cars would drive backwards down virginia street at four in the morning and they do the scene again we watch it and we just kept walking back and forth and sure enough we ended up in one of the takes of the whole thing okay father's day now if i can now i saw billy crystal live talking about robin williams in concert uh he did a sit down chat in miami amazing and it was an unreal show all of his stories he talked about he played now billy crystal played at Lake Tahoe for a whole summer. If you go way, way back, he was the opening act for Sammy Davis Jr. Unbelievable. Yeah, in like 85 at Harris in the showroom at Tahoe. Sammy showroom up there. Well, it wasn't Sammy showroom. It was just the but showroom it, at Lake Tahoe. But, but, but it's the corner yeah. room now where all the concerts and, yeah, exactly. and uh, what is um, uh, one of the nightclubs that they do. Right, and he would talk about how Sammy Davis Jr., would, they would have monitors in the front that had screens and sometimes <laughs> it would be lyrics to help them out with songs and all that sort of stuff and sometimes it was the most raunchy hardcore porno <gasps> in the middle of his set oh man yeah that would just show up and you're like okay that's an animal that's someone that's not pleasant and that was some of the stories of playing it like that <laughs> billy crystal talked about playing up at lake tahoe opening up in the summer of 85 for sammy davis jr wow if there was two artists I wish I could have seen up at Lake Tahoe perform, one would be Tom Jones, 
Okay. The other oh. would be the Man in Black, or oh. not the Man in Black, not not, not Janet Cash, uh, Elvis Presley. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> I thought you were going to say Ghostline Observatory. No, no, they, they play the Harris. They, they, well, okay. <laughs> so can this be the segue then for next week's topic, which is uh, movies shot in Northern Nevada? Oh, whoa. Okay, we can do that. Okay. So with that said, back all to right. Father's Day and all that, and Billy Crystal and my mother and the concert and Harold's Club, because I referenced that. I believe it was the second episode of this podcast that we did, where I told you my one of my best friends in the neighborhood at Smithridge, his stepdad was Harold Smith Jr. Right. And so Harold's Club right there, that was the family lineage right sure. there. Sure. And when I dealt, there was Dick Clark's American Bandstand, yes. the nightclub at the top of Harold's Club. It was like seven stories up or however tall that building was. Yes. That was kind of a cool little downtown hideaway almost because you kind of had to work to get to it. Mm -hmm. But they had the records down the side of the building, American Bandstand and all that sort of stuff. And that was like a pretty cool downtown night spot that went away when that building went away. Well, and then Bandstand wound up moving into the side of the bowling stadium. Once oh, the bowling right. stadium opened, Bandstand was open there for a minute. Then Paul Revere came in uh. and from Paul Revere and the Raiders, mm -hmm. and he bought it and turned it into Paul Revere's Kicks. Oh, okay. Megadeth played there 20 years ago. That was a good show. Wow. Yes. To how many people? It was a packed room. It was like a tube of people. <laughs> <laughs> and we're watching Megadeth in this room. Wow. It was awesome. Okay. Yeah. Probably the only time that venue has ever had that kind of show. That kind of caliber of a band. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then other stuff downtown, like I hosted a show at the Underground. I always thought that was a very strange room. The Underground. Okay. So I'm Which thinking three different ones. The Pennies. That is now the gym oh, on the, the corner of First and Sierra. The what, what turned into the Fallout Shelter. Yeah. Underneath what's now the axe throwing place. Yes. And, the, okay. and that underneath the axe throwing place is a haunted house. Oh, okay, yeah. During that was the underground that I hosted, like, just local band stuff. But that was another little nightclub thing that kind of came and went. And you go back old Reno stuff. That, my earliest memories of downtown is when that was a Penny's. J.C. Penney's. Oh man. Okay, so there was also Woolworths. Uh, Woolworths, right? That there. was across the street on the on that actually fronted Virginia Street, uh, across the street from what is now City Hall. Yes. That when I was a little kid, that was First National Bank. Yes. That became FIB First, Inter First Interstate, Interstate Bank, which still exists, by the way. Really? You yeah. You go up to uh, Oregon and Montana and uh, Idaho and stuff like that, you'll see FIBs. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's, That's kind of weird. Weird indeed. Yeah, same logo. Like nothing has changed. <laughs> so yeah. So is there a, Merv, a Mervin's right next to it? No. Open, open, open. Yeah. No. <laughs> or a Jemco. Jemco. <laughs> now, <laughs> sorry. You told me Jemco was something before Jemco, though. I thought we were talking about this one time. Oh right. And you referenced. Um, no, because all right for. Those of you that are wondering, okay, how have we skipped way around on this one? Yeah. On the corner of Kitsky and Moana now is that center that has been slowly eroded by the widening of Moana. Yes. And, oh, yet another building that you worked in that's gone. The warehouse. There you go. Wow, that was 30 years ago. Right. But yet another building that you can no longer walk into. Absolutely. Pretty weird. Well, uh, yeah, no, the warehouse is gone because then they turned into an Aaron's furniture or they cut the building in half or did, did something. Well, yeah, it became one of those rental places. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's gone. Like And New York Pizza used to be across the street. Right. We could go there and get food, get slices and all that, but that's gone too. Yeah, another one. And that, I remember, was a 7-Eleven before it was New York Pizza. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, but back in that corner <laughs> was 
a Mervyn's yep. on the west edge of it. And in the back corner, what is that furniture store, was an Ernst. Ernst? Which was, I don't even know what Ernst was. It was like a home improvement thing, It was I home guess. improvement before, yeah. and before Lowe's and Home Depot and all that. Now, also in that same shopping center, two of my okay. favorite places, okay? There was this incredible food place called Tokyo that had, if your, your daughter would have had a field day with yeah, the food, your son stuff. and daughter for that matter, would have had a field day with this place because the, the, the candy, the little snacks, they love those Japanese drinks. They had oh, the yeah. best gum in, these, in this place. It was called Tokyo, honestly. It was, it was that, it was the store along the same row as Mervyn's, right? And on the anchor on the end? Well, Swenson's. Swenson's. But was also the original location of Recycled Records. Yeah, well, no. Well, not original, original. It was the longtime location. After he moved from Rock, he moved to there. Well, okay, so right? Recycled, dig this. Here's some, here's some lineage for you. Paul Doji would hopefully uh, give me a pat on, on the back for this. Started out on Wells behind Ito's Burritos. Oh, no kidding. Yes. That was the first location almost 45 years ago. Wait a second. That became later on. That became, uh, wait, uh, Let's have it. Insurrection. My man. All right. All right. So really? Same location? Same location. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So Paul was in there. And then after Paul was basically outgrowing that one location, right. he moved to the Coliseum Meadows Shopping Center, where now is La Michoacana, which was a straw hat where they had your video game of the shot put right, right. or the, the target shooting game. Yeah. Okay. He was in the Coliseum Meadows Shopping Center for the longest time, then moved from there over to the Kitsky Center, over by Swenson's. Oh, right, right. He right. outgrew that as he, but in the meantime, in the interim, he was he also opened his second location. Up by the university. Uh, no, no, on Rock. That's oh. where that was. So when he was in, uh, when he was at the Coliseum Meadows Shopping Center, he opened the second location on Rock next to the bookstore. Right. And across from Boulevard Pizza. Which is the funky part of Rock that kind of S-curves. Yeah. Right in the middle of the town. Yes. Okay. So he had, had that there for the longest time. Okay. Right. Then after that was said and done, he over time shuts that down, consolidates both stores into the one over at the Kitsky Center, then takes the one from the Kitsky Center as he's being swayed by the Midtown Reno district to say, uh, come to Midtown. That's right. And that's how he ends up where he is now. Yes. I'd forgotten about the Coliseum one, which by the way, is where Olive Garden is now, mm -hmm. which opened up as, oh man. Uh, not uh, Flaky Jigs? No. Ooh, that's an interesting call. No, Victoria Station. That oh building was my. built as Victoria Station, which was a funky restaurant that had rail cars yes! inside. Yes, I went there. Okay, um, um, uh, junior year of my uh, prom. <laughs> there you go. My date right. was there. My no, dinner date was there. Yeah, okay. And it was kind of cool because you would get seated inside of a rail car. Yes. And there were like a half a dozen of them, or maybe. Maybe there's only one and it just seemed like there's more. But I, I remember there being at least two or three. That you, Now, I remember going there like in the fifth grade okay. with my parents and we get seated and it is dead quiet. I oh, mean, yeah. you can tell this place is not going to be around too much longer. Super quiet. We get waters brought to us. We get salad brought to us. It's now an hour later. Good Lord. My dad goes, all right, we're out. And we just got up and we left. Never left a thing on the thing and just left. And I'm with a buddy of mine. That's why I remember it's fifth grade. Right. He, and he goes, yeah, we just dined and dashed. 
<laughs> Without dining, but you dined at Dash. Yeah, well, we got salads. Perfect. Yeah, but, and then at the other end was another restaurant that was open. Okay. The? Uh, other end. Um, of that same center. Oh, wow. On the other side of Big Five. Oh, the yellow building? Right. Which is now a real estate place? It was opened as the Big Yellow House. Ah. And those are built all over California and, and down to Texas and all that. That was built as a restaurant as well. Okay. The Big Yellow House. Huh. Yeah, so it, so when they built Coliseum Meadows, and that's funny that they gave it that name because it was across the street from the... Centennial Coliseum. The original name of what is now the Reno Sparks Convention Center. And it was a small building. I mean, you go all the way back, early shows there, I mean, that were in the... Oh, man. Uh, I mean... We'll be here forever listing old concerts. Oh, there. yeah, old stuff. But, I mean, way, way back stuff when they did things... The Scorpions were the earliest ones I can remember, and I didn't go to any of those shows, quite honestly, because I was too little. I don't remember. Def Leppard played there, Scorpions, Rush, okay, uh, Tom Petty. My first concert was there. Okay. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers there and the go. Fabulous Thunderbirds. See, and I, believe it or not, I went to boxing matches there. Awesome. Uh, USA versus Cuba amateur uh, matches. Okay. Uh, ring announced by Jimmy Lynn Sr., who did Rocky Movie announced he was the original Michael Buffer amazing Jimmy Lennon yeah and I and because my dad was a media and all that, we have back I have his autograph and pictures with him somewhere in the world and yeah and then a little bit later on was USA versus the Commonwealth and we smoked those guys now we lost against Cuba but we smoked the Commonwealth guys because they were like all these kind of thick in the middle like white guys that just <laughs> weren't very good boxers so all right so yeah, are, are we was, oh, are we good on good. time so far yeah okay um so uh gosh because i mean all the concerts right. and the, the the venues um so record stores um yeah obviously we're we were both big fans of mirabelli's Pinball is a good description of this conversation i told you by the way. um yes. so uh we're you and i were both big fans of mirabelli's correct oh yeah okay and you referenced the warehouse um there was a record store on virginia street just north of liberty in virginia it was on the left okay liberty Liberty in Virginia. Liberty, Liberty, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. At Liberty in Virginia, when you're going north toward downtown, on the left, shortly before you you were to drive by the Pioneer Casino, okay? Remember the Pioneer Casino right there on the yeah, corner? Okay. Right. Another building that's gone. Just before that was a record store called Odyssey Records. Whoa. And they were owned by the where or they were owned by the warehouse. Odyssey Warehouse. There was like a, a chain no of five different um, five different uh, uh, brands, if you will, lines or whatever, okay. underneath one umbrella. Dogs okay, are happy. Go with the dogs again. Dogs are happy. Right. Yeah. No, I don't remember Odyssey at all. That's not a thing. The, I remember uh, Mirabelli's and then Eucalyptus were the other, was the other one. And what's funny is that's now a, uh, hey. 1999 yeah. South Virginia Street. Eucalyptus records and tapes. Yeah. Where there was a head shop in the back. Oh yeah. <laughs> and actually the cool, my favorite part of that building was the mural that was above the parking lot outside. Yes. The huge eucalyptus tree that had all of the musicians yeah. woven into the mural. And it was actually beautiful. It was a really neat thing that I'm sure is somewhere online. And that building later turned into budget tapes and records, which is now Tokyo Sushi. Mm. <laughs> in the meantime, it was a place called Panda. Uh, Panda? Yeah. It was one of those original places where you, they had the, like, it wasn't quite a teppanyaki table. It was the Korean style of that thing. But okay. it was called pa Panda One. Wow. Panda. Um, no, it was just called Panda. Panda One is now the, 
Well, uh, and the, the you remember the the, um, the the Chinese food place on the corner right there that was right behind it, next to Motel Six. That's wiped out if you haven't seen the neighborhood lately. Uh, yeah. That I remember being as a Sambo's. Sambo's, correct. Yeah. Sambo's was a, a place, a breakfast spot that my parents and I used to frequent. Oh. I loved the pancakes. Oh, yeah. Everybody likes Sambo's. Oh, man. And I mean, then. Sambo's was good food. And man, if you had any of the giveaway stuff that they give, whew, not PC. No. Yeah. I mean, it was straight up like blackface oh. stuff. It was crazy that yeah. they did that. And. But at the time, like, and, and not saying, you know, it's, it's okay now, clearly. But at the time, it was just like, oh, here, take this. And you're like, it's okay. Sambo. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Sambo. So whatever. Um, so now, <laughs> yeah, dig super this. Super weird. So now, um, talking about other restaurants, uh, this sports bar uh, in Midtown that I love so much, Coach's Grill and Sports oh, Bar. Right. Yeah, that was Spoggy's. Oh, yeah. Spoggy's Lunchbox. Where I used to, uh, used to love their food and have a good time with all that stuff. So, oh, yeah. And then at the other end of that, what is now Sports West, mm -hmm. do you remember what that was before Sports West? Oh, man. Uh, I only know it as Sports West. It was a Rayleigh's Drug Center. Really? It was not actually a full Rayleigh's. It was just Rayleigh's Drug Center. It was basically a drugstore portion of Rayleigh's. And that's what that building was built as. Wow. Yeah. So one of the things that was really weird and how I got to see a lot of town as a little kid, mm -hmm. like a little, little kid, was my mom worked part-time as a librarian at the university. She'd work from like nine to two in the afternoon. Okay. And I had a babysitter like a couple of days a week. Okay. When I was, uh, I would do afternoon kindergarten, but before that she would take care of me. And we would like run errands together, picking up her. And when, and this lady, she had to have been about a thousand when she took care of me. Oh man. And she had the best cars ever though. She had like a 67, uh, she had a 67 uh, Chevy with the massive wings and the huge trunk. Awesome. And she'd have like these ancient toys in the back, like those pumped um, uh, tops that would kind of sing when you got them going really fast. They're all metal and they're... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were her kids' toys from like when she wasn't a thousand years old. Wow. So yeah, it was stuff like that. Rena Welsh was her name and she lived on Caliente, not far from where you are now yeah well sometimes we'd have to go to her house or pick up her prescription or sometimes she'd take me to the library downtown for reading mm -hmm. or so i saw lots of stuff as and i was always kind of a kid that looked out the window because you know we weren't looking down at a phone or some sort of we didn't have hand. technology no we looked out the window when we drove around town i think the most technology that we may have been fortunate enough to have had would have been those little mattel handheld um, digital line football or baseball games oh, yeah. I had football. I still do. My man. <laughs> Outstanding. That will be another one. We'll do a video game one. We'll go back with to it. Personal video games with, yeah, with my Game Boy and all of the Paper Boys and all that sort right. of stuff that I have. Um, the, uh, okay, going back to downtown, edge of downtown, what is now the federal building? Federal building. Uh, the courthouse? No, the federal building on the corner of Virginia Street and Liberty, Virginia across Liberty. the street from the gym. Oh, yeah, the courthouse, okay. the massive courthouse. Yeah, the massive courthouse, okay. the federal building Yes. There. Do you remember what was there before it was a field? Oh, boy. Um, now uh, I'm drawing a blank on that, honestly. Scrub-a-dub. Go okay. on. Okay, do you remember the movie Car Wash? Yes. It was one of those. Ooh! Yeah, and it was called Scrub-a-dub. Okay. Now, we, we talked about way back the whole thing with trade. Well, when I was a little kid, I mean a little, little kid, <gasps> 
at the radio station, my dad had a trade with Scrub-A-Dub, the car wash. Awesome. So we'd go through and man, they'd have the music pumping and they, it was like <laughs> legit, they'd have guys with like, amazing cars and big hair and music pumping and you got out and everybody's dancing and drying off cars and all that sort of stuff that was scrub it up awesome yeah where the federal building is now wow unbelievable okay uh I'm, i know that again time flies with this thing. are we okay because <laughs> we got a few minutes but okay we're good so then um i mean because there are so many so much more to all of this that we could go on okay the pizza place remember right so back to that real quick. Um, uh, 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 who is it? My uh, my friend Melissa referenced Rico's Pizza in a thread the other day. <laughs> okay. Which made me think of the nights that we, or the times that we oh. would do Monday Night Football. Absolutely. You hosted Monday Night Football mm -hmm. out there. And that was almost For what? two seasons. Yeah, 30 right. years ago. Yes. Wow. Yes. So Rico's, that was such a crazy thing because the front of Rico's was a nice quiet family pizza place and they would have the salad bar and the counter that you picked up the pizza mm -hmm. and never got above a murmur. And then they had this room that was like debauchery <laughs> on a stick. I mean, that's where I hosted. And I'm not even sure, I guess it was just sort of for private events, Okay. but there was a stage at the back of the room and there are rows of tables and we had it worked out where we'd get CDs, cassettes, um, yeah, Z, uh, the, the we radio get, station stuff. We even got some vinyl too to give away. Some vinyls, and then we get stuff from the beer distributors. Yes, that had like giant helmets that were the teams that were playing, and we give those away that night. Yeah, and all that sort of stuff, and we do radio remotes via cell phone. Yeah, that never lasted through the two and a half hours of the remote. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because oh. then once a battery dies, then you have to like hassle somebody in the kitchen. Can I use your, your phone, phone for a moment? Yeah. Oh, it was painful. And then they would come up with all these jerry-rig systems of, okay, if you plug this thing into a cigarette lighter on the way down there, it will charge the battery so that you'll be there in time. And then while you're there, yeah, I but mean. Then we had to turn the, the phone off to preserve the battery life. Yes. Just to make sure it wasn't gonna run out. And we had to call this funky star 7828 number something like that yeah so that we weren't racking up the number or the time yeah uh because you're paying per minute per minute yeah yeah oh yeah, man that was brutal so then the <laughs> was super brutal the other pizza place that came to mind in carson is nick's, nick's. brick oven pizza i was waiting for it see oh, i was boy. thinking nick's before you said rico's because rico's was there and it was a moment in time and all that but rick's our nick's lasted for decades I mean, yeah. the brick oven thing was there for a long, long time. Their pizza was unbelievable. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I wish like the people who love their love love their pizza so much as they do here in the area. I wish they, you know, those who never had the opportunity to eat Nick's brick oven pizza. I wish they would have had it well, because it's one of those things that there's. We'll we'll do a pizza show, but there's there's good pizza around town. There's yeah, no almost certainly. I mean, the, it's it's a style thing. That's a little bit different. Yes. Uh, whether we've talked about whether it's a New York style, it's a Chicago style, whether it's a Western style, whether it's a messed up Midwestern style where they cut it square, uh, straight. Well, drives me nuts. Apparently, there's a Detroit style coming. It's a square pizza. 
Tastes like tires? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a Detroit-style pizza. That's all I'm told. You know, and, and you said we'll do a pizza show. That'll probably happen, I'm guessing, in about a month because there's there are a couple of new Detroit-style pizza places that are opening up here okay. in the next month uh, or so. Detroit-style Detroit, pizza? It's no lie. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've one, never been to Detroit. So one of them is opening up in old uh, the Old Town Mall, the Annex, okay. over by where uh, Prost, the beer garden is. Yeah. And which and that was a nice Reno moment right there, old Reno moment because it's not called Old Town Mall and hasn't been for 25 years. Oh, it hasn't. No, oh. it's Reno Town Mall. Yeah, over by what was First Interstate Bank. Yeah, <laughs> that was Aurelis. Yeah, uh, now it's the a anchor food source and yeah food anchor and food something. And there's a Marshalls in the back of that. Mm-hmm. That's where Marshalls originally was Good when they Lord. actually had stores in there and not just. Uh, well, there's still some stores. There was an ice cream shop in there that had a fire engine game. A See, when you brought up, by the way, going back, back, <laughs> it's fun. Uh, you brought up the uh, center. I thought you were going to bring up Swenson's next to Recycled Records because Swenson's ice cream at the end of that center. We did mention Swenson's. You did. Yeah. See, I was thinking that's what you're going to when you said Tokyo. I'm like, Oh, oh, didn't oh, see oh. That coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Tokyo was great because Tokyo was next to Supercuts. It yeah. went to like if you're looking at it, it went Tokyo, then then Supercuts, and then Swenson's. It's been an odd amount of time at Supercuts. <laughs> uh, all right, I think that should be a good place to end this uh, pinball of a show. Okay, so movies shot in Reno. That's next week. Okay. And just movies shot in northern Nevada in general, because okay. that, that way it, we're not narrowing it down. I mean, yeah. we do have our fair share of move, movies that are shot here. Oh, solid. A lot of titles that people may not know exist with actors that they didn't even imagine even set foot here. Walter Matthau. Samuel L. Jackson. Very good. We'll leave it there. Okay. Okay.